0: Welcome to episode number 24, In the House, my first time Sage Hill student. We have Josh Cheadle. Josh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries. You know what? I'm excited because, A, I, I, I get to learn more about Sage Hill, but then you pen. Yeah. You right? Can. I love it. Yeah. I have friends that have graduated there and their kids want to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're getting in. It's hard to get in, so we're going to find out what it takes to be a Quaker. <laughs> I know a couple students so we've had uh, before this conversation we talked about, uh, so looking forward to this discussion. But first, always, we want to thank our executive producer, Murph Cargis. Murph Cargis in the house. He's giving all those prop signs up there. <laughs> Josh, Sage Hill. Yep. That's a tough-ass high school.
1: Yeah. It was great, though. I loved it. Yeah. what
0: what did you what, what did you take away from Sage?
1: The biggest takeaway, I guess the thing I like most about Sage is probably like the accessibility to teachers. I thought it was so cool how they like obviously like had conference, had all these special hours to meet people and talk to people, but then also the friends I have who I still talk to even though we're still in college because there's just a lot of like-minded people who care about school and have their own passions. Smart, Yeah. independent, and it's
0: What's the student population? Say
1: it's about like five hundred and forty. I should know that specifically. I was an ambassador, but I forgot about that. <laughs> one. Yeah. So it's about like a hundred and our graduating class was like one twenty six. I think. So you know everybody, pretty much. Yeah. By the t- by the end, you do.
0: So now, w- w- when you were a junior senior, you're thinking about college, probably sooner for you. Yeah. Did you know you wanted to go to a big university? Small. T- talk to me about that process.
1: Uh, I didn't want like kind of like the large schools, like the Mid- University of Michigan or Cal, because I just, the thing I loved about Sage was obviously like being close to people, having small classrooms, talking talking to teachers. So I figured it would be either small or mid-size. The ratio. The ratio, yeah. Yeah. Right. So
0: Penn, Penn, Penn Quakers, yep. 10,000 students. Yeah, 10,000. Correct. And we'll get into it because I that was a campus I remember taking my kids on. What did you uh, think about it? Here's what is my honest take. I liked it. First, my friends were telling me about, okay, it's kind of like in the hood, but it's very safe campus. <laughs> yeah. So then we go there, and we go right up to um, the football stadium. And I remember uh, when I was at Long Beach State as a student manager, we played at Palestra, Okay. the oldest historical cathedral of basketball. Yeah. So we started on lower campus, and I don't know what you all call it. I don't think it's part of the Locust Walk, but... It just keeps on walking straight up on yeah, campus, yeah. like on red brick. What do you all call that?
1: That's just by engineering. Yes, those buildings. I, that's just kind of like the engineering area. And then you're on Locust, and you're by other buildings, all the libraries, and then Huntsman. So,
0: and what I also liked was the history, the brick. Yeah. Right, and then the neighborhoods. You're. It's an urban campus. Definitely. So, what do you like about it? Talk to my listeners because there's a lot of parents out there that are tuning in right now because yeah. they're like how can i get my kid in the pen <laughs> right and students are like do i have what it takes yeah. what do you like about it
1: the thing that i love about it one is the people or is this just campus or the school in general i, I guess
0: let's go in general okay cause... in
1: general so i love the people everyone's just pretty pretty awesome uh so i live in the quad and that's okay. where a lot of freshmen live i don't know the exact number but there's about 2500 freshmen And I'd say between 1,000 and 2,000 live in the quad. So everyone in my hall is really close. I have a lot of friends in the college and engineering and Warden, And because it's an urban campus, they do so many things outside of school. So we'll do like special treks to New York. We'll do treks down to Center City. We'll go ice skating, things like that. And I think Penn does a great job of giving RAs and GAs and people in charge kind of of housing to having a budget and spending money to kind of facilitating interaction and doing things like that.
0: Making it social, having fun experience. So you live in every college, every guest I've had, their university residence experience is different. Do you have just, is there like one roommate or do you have where there's two or three you share?
1: So it all ranges in the quad. I know there's singles, doubles and triples. I requested a single, but I got a double. So you walk in the room and there's a sink, and then we have a large room, and then two beds, two desks, two drawers, things like that. And where's your roommate from? Uh, my roommate's from Louisville, Kentucky. He's a really awesome Louisville? guy. Yeah. Louisville.
0: <laughs> I just went there this September. Does okay. he love it there?
1: Yeah, he loves it. He's not. He doesn't love Kentucky, but he loves Louisville. And actually, like that's one of the other cool things about Penn is you meet people. Like he's from Louisville, so I might actually go to the Kentucky Derby with him in May. So you meet all these different people you can kind of like go home with and like meet. And
0: outside, it, it is urban campus. So the have you gone to, like, the Liberty Bell yeah. or where the Constitution was? I, I, I mean...
1: Yeah, they have all the City Hall stuff. I actually haven't really been to City Hall itself, but I've been to Center City. They have, like, a Reading Terminal Market. It's really awesome. They have a special German Christmas market and Christmas tree. They have this place called Penn's Landing, which is on the Delaware River, where they had ice skating and a bunch of different Christmas festivities. So it's cool being from Newport to be in a large city for the holidays and just see all the different things that are going on.
0: Out of your high school, Sage, how many other students are at Penn or even another Ivy League?
1: Yeah, so there's three freshmen at Penn uh, from Sage, and there's two of us who are in Wharton and then one who's in a dual degree between Wharton and engineering. And then in the Ivy League total, I'd say it's probably around like 10.
0: So do you see, when you're walking on campus, a campus of 10,000, Yeah. Do you, do you see a lot of familiar faces?
1: Yeah, definitely. And because it's such an urban campus, it's really small. And we have this thing called Locust Walk that goes through all the freshmen live in the quad. So it's not really spread out to where you're walking by yourself. So if I'm ever going to a place, I usually built in a certain amount of time to go a little early because I know I'll run into people like on Locust Walk and I'll talk to or get caught up in conversation with them. And, that,
0: and that's a good, that's
1: great advice
0: and, yeah. and, and tips given out to students because you do get caught up in, in seeing a lot of familiar faces. Yeah, yeah. Or, or having friends and say, hey, we're, we're gonna go walk to this campus or a class together. Yeah. So where are you hanging out? Um, let's talk about the student union. Yeah. Do you hang out the student union? Do you eat? Where, where do you go?
1: So, in terms of hanging out, because you're a freshman, you're kind of required to be on the dining hall for the first year, so a lot of the hanging out will just be meeting up with friends for lunch or dinner, or going out to restaurants that are nearby campus, or just hanging out in the quad. But there isn't really one centralized area besides like a few coffee shops that people will meet up.
0: And obviously, we're there for academics. Yeah. Right.
1: What's your major? Uh, I'm at Warden, so I'm studying business.
0: Okay, and that's. Uh... Amazing school. Yeah, it's great. Amazing it. school. The uh, the alumni network, I believe. If actually, I have some stats. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna kind of <laughs> see how prepared you are because I always like to ask this to students because this should be part of your college search and admission process. Do you know how many alumni are are in your pen network?
1: It's like 140,000. I think 100 and some thousand. 170,000.
0: 304,000 alumni, one of the biggest ones nationally.
1: Yeah, and one thing Penn actually has is something called Take the Call, which is we have something called QuakerNet where every alumni who's gone to Penn is in this database and it has information on their phone numbers, their email, their type of employment, where they live, all those things. So you can just Google, maybe you'll want to... Interview someone from this area, or say you're interested in someone who's an executive in marketing working in San Francisco. You can type all these things into this network, and then it'll drop down a list of all the different alumni doing that. And then it's really easy to reach out to get on the call, a uh, phone call for 15 minutes, to email or do things like that.
0: Quaker Network. So I'm gonna call out two of my friends right yeah. now. I'm gonna, we're gonna see if they're in there. I it's,
1: can, I can just search them up really quick.
0: All right. So Danny Thomas is one and his wife devin thomas yeah okay yeah so we can get back on that but they both are in newport beach their daughter sophie sophia all right sophia played uh volleyball at modern day Yeah. and she's looking to go uh be a quaker as well
1: no i actually know danny yeah i I visited Penn with him last year did you really Yeah, yeah i did yeah, he's a great big guy. Big DT. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> he's a big guy. hey, Josh, come over here. <laughs> That's exactly it. Let me it. show you.
0: Let me show you my name in the locker. That's <laughs> <laughs> the
1: best thing ever. <laughs> right. Yeah.
0: There you go. All right, so let's talk about that. Do you know the graduation rate for Penn?
1: I'd imagine 96%. You nailed it.
0: Okay. 96%. So, and to get in, the acceptance rate because you're part of this. Yeah.
1: So I only know regular because I applied regular last year, and okay. that was about 5%, but I think overall was around 7 It's 9%. 9%. So now
0: let's talk about, because I have followers and listeners that may even drop right now, they're going to say, how the heck am I going to get in there? Yeah. Let's talk about the experience to get there. So what was your ACT or SAT?
1: So I took the ACT because I didn't do as well on the SAT, and I got a 35 on it.
0: 35 35 amazing props yeah, to you. Thank you. How many times did you take it? I took it once. I'm pausing there because most of my <laughs> guests are taking it three times, four times, yeah. five times. I did
1: practice practice tests beforehand, but I only took it once like officially. So I, I wanted to prepare. And and what year did you take that? I took it junior year. I took it in like September 7th. So it was the first test. And I think that was, I was very fortunate to get it out of the way. Because I feel like it would have been a whole lot more to have to deal with that junior year studying for the ACT. So I'm glad I was able to get yeah, it Yeah, you didn't yeah. have to
0: worry about it. And yeah. Your parents probably didn't have to worry
1: about it. Yeah, they were happy to. All right,
0: let's talk about the rigor and the course schedule at Sage. What okay. was your unweighted?
1: My unweighted cumulative? Yes. I only know the weighted Actually. Okay, what was your weighted? My weighted was
0: 4.6.8. 4.6.8. And what classes were we taking?
1: How uh, many APs? I think it broke down to about thirteen or fourteen, and then maybe like four or five Excel classes.
0: 13, 14 AP classes, and did you wait? Did you take the AP test? Where now you're not taking certain college yeah, courses? Yeah, so I'm very,
1: I'm very grateful for that. So Sage actually requires—I don't know if they changed it. I doubt they did—that you, if you take an AP class, you have to take the AP test. So because of that, I got out of math because of Calc BC. I didn't have to do a language requirement because I took Spanish, but I'm still going to learn Spanish just out of curiosity, and I didn't have to take uh, econ. And then I was able to actually use computer science in one other class to fulfill credits at Wharton. So out of like 37 credits necessary to graduate, I'm starting at like 33.
0: That's huge. So what advice would you give students out there that are on that high track academic as well as mid-tier you know i'm going to school yeah i might not have 12 to 13 ap classes but as they go through this process and getting into uh you know their senior year what advice would you give them
1: i think one thing everyone says to like be well-rounded but one piece of advice i don't know if it's true but it made sense when i heard it is that admissions officers and administrators don't really want well-rounded students they want well-rounded classrooms because they wanna bring people with diverse perspectives and diverse experiences. So I think it's much more valuable to have two or three things you're really passionate about that you excel at, as opposed to like kind of being on the email list and being involved in about four or five, six clubs where you don't really do a whole lot.
0: You know, Josh, one of my other guests, and she was Newport Harbor, she's at uh, almost the same, yeah. credentials as you she said i think i just checked the boxes off yeah right and i wasn't really great at one thing where i stood out yeah. uh, to get into some of the other top choices that she had uh, touch on your essay yeah what was your essay about
1: so the essay i chose the one I don't remember exactly what the topic, but I did the comment app. So it was like a personal experience or a challenge or learning. So I actually wrote about my Eagle Scout project in that one. So I kind of just like talked about the project's development, carrying it out, what I learned from it, and just, and you kind of have to like show the different skills, the different personal qualities that you bring to the table and let them kind of like come to light when you write your essays. And you used an external
0: uh, counselor. Yes, Correct? I do. Yes. And I mean that's how you came here. Jerry Fraser, yeah, one Frazier. of my uh, earlier podcasts. What was what do you recommend to students and parents of using an external counselor?
1: I think it's good. A lot of people don't use it until about senior year to start with essay help, but I think that kind of defeats the purpose of an external counselor because if you're going to invest the time and the money in having one, so much of the value isn't in reading essays because there's so many essay readers out there. But it's in getting to know you and recommending different clubs, different activities, different extracurricular things you can get involved in at an early time so that you can gain those leadership skills, gain those experience. Because if they kind of get to know you and understand who you are and what you've done, then when it times comes time to actually looking over the essays senior year and doing other things in terms of advice with college, they'll be able to give you better advice grounded in experience.
0: So when did you start
1: using Jerry? I started using her, I believe uh, the middle to end of freshman year. So I think the beginning of the spring.
0: So followers and listeners out there, start early. You remember when Jerry was on here? She has a certain amount of students for each class. Is it
1: fifteen? I think. I think it's twenty. Okay. 20. Okay.
0: And my so my oldest daughter, a freshman at University of Washington, yeah, a class of nineteen, uh, started at an early age, freshman year. Julia, who's a senior at Modern Day, is in her class, and I and I asked her. I said, Jerry, you have one more coming. I go. I have my son Joshua Fong, uh, eighth grade, and she said. My class is filling up. She goes, get them in freshman year. And and you only see her one time, I think, your yeah, freshman year, yeah. maybe twice your sophomore year. It starts ramping up your junior and senior year. Yeah. And there is a big takeaway that my kids learned from her and that she expressed on the podcast. What do you think you learned the most from using her? I'm going to kind of tee it up and maybe have your parents maybe in the beginning, but then at the very end, they're kind of not involved, Yeah. right? Was there any big experience or takeaway you learned from Jerry?
1: I think the biggest thing was that it's like really important to look into these activities and extracurriculars because depending on your high school, they might not have the infrastructure in place. They might not reach out to all these programs. They might not have clubs. But if you're willing to kind of do the research and do the work yourself, then it's perfectly reasonable and possible to kind of get involved in all the different things you might be interested in. So you
0: talked about what your major was yeah. and what you eventually want to do after finishing warden uh, school of Business do you know the average salary from your
1: I school would bet it's like eighty eight thousand dollars It's eighty thousand okay 80, I mean for
0: a graduate a graduate yeah. that's not I mean that's yeah. not too shabby
1: pre-bonus right like that,
0: investment yeah. banking tech real consulting, estate consulting yeah. I mean, I do my research of, of before I interview candidates, especially schools that I'm interested in where I know my kids have no business even, we looked at it, but I was at a, yeah. <laughs> at a young age, but th- just browsing through your specific school yeah. and the network, the classes, the experience, and you're only a freshman, Yeah, you have a lot to look forward to. No,
1: definitely. And that's my favorite part of Warden is how it's so pre-professional Because I think there's like value in obviously studying, but I find even more value in actually doing things. And that's why I went to Warden, because they place such a large focus on having guest speakers, on doing these treks, on getting internships and learning from a young age. So it's not like senior year rolls around. It's like, oh, I have this skill, but now I have to learn how to monetize it. You kind of learn from the beginning what you'd like to do and you're able to build off of that you're
0: well in advance. You're four years Definitely. In, in, in advance. I mean, w- one of our previous uh, podcasters, one of my guests was Northeastern, Yeah. okay? Where they have a co-op. Are you familiar? W- when no, you were I'm not it's, familiar with that. I see it. And that's why we had them on the podcast because a lot of students, as well as parents, aren't familiar with co-ops. Okay. You learn in class, but then you actually go apply it. You could take three co-ops during your, tenure at okay. Northeastern and you graduate in five years, but you're getting paid anywhere between 20 and $40 for this co-op. You might think you're into this major and you really not like it, but you're learning in classroom and then you're actually applying the skill like yeah. on the job training. Cause at the end of the day, employers want, you can even ask DG, I just want, it. I want my <laughs> like, you know, looking for experience. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: But that, that's huge. Yeah, definitely. So besides
0: Penn, where else did you look?
1: So I was going to apply to, nine, to like nine or ten different schools. Okay. And then I got into my early option, so I took three off, and I only applied to, I think, six or seven.
0: So what were the six or seven you applied to?
1: I applied to Penn, Harvard, Stanford, Georgetown, USC, Michigan, and Duke.
0: Who did you get accepted to? Who did you de- decline from?
1: I got declined from Michigan, and I got declined from Stanford. So I got into Harvard, Duke, Georgetown, Penn, and USC.
0: It was Penn number one.
1: No, I hated Penn. Yeah, I did. That comes to a surprise. Who was your number one? My number one was Harvard, actually. All right. Not
0: too shabby place to be, right? I'm (laughs) sitting here with, uh, I I love just smart people. All right. So Harvard was number one. Yeah. And who was number two?
1: Oh, I I never really thought past that. Okay. Like there was just it was Harvard I really liked a lot, and then there were a bunch of other schools that I was uh, pretty interested in. If I would have liked USC, uh, if because but they have like the merit scholarship program, so I wasn't considered for that. Okay. And then I really liked visiting Duke. Duke was actually my favorite campus when I visited. And then I like Georgetown a lot. They had McDonough School of Business, obviously, and then Penn has a business school.
0: Let's talk about some of these campuses because I visited Duke. Yeah. Very, his- the buildings are amazing. Oh, it's
1: beautiful. I loved it when I visited.
0: Green. Yeah. Right, kind of, it kind of reminded reminded me of walking on your campus, just okay. some of the historic buildings. Yeah. But so why
1: not Duke? It's just one. So when I was thinking about it, Duke's a liberal arts school. So it was kind of like the last four I was thinking were Georgetown, Penn, Harvard, and Duke. And I thought if I were going to go liberal arts, I'd rather go to Harvard. And if I'd go business, I'd rather go to Wharton than McDonough. So it was kind of between Harvard and Wharton. And the thing about Duke also is, like, I, I've i heard Durham's a beautiful city. But, like, when every information session starts with them trying to sell Durham as like this beautiful town and like this new hub, you know there's like some insecurity there. There's some issue. Yeah, there's an issue there, and I I really wanted to be either in like a Boston or a Philly or a New York or a San Francisco where there's places to travel to, and everything at Duke was at least like a 15-minute Uber away. Right, Raleigh or
0: Charlotte's like maybe the closest city. Yeah,
1: and And you you ain't going to Yeah, I was not gonna be going
0: to Charlotte. And we talk about that because followers and listeners, students out there, parents, forget this I call them the sweatshirt brands right yeah I mean some of the schools you apply to right are some right here locally the sweatshirt brand but I think about where you go to school the city you live in potentially the alumni network where you're going to get a career or how accessible is it not only for you but your parents too yeah right get to Philadelphia that's non-stop flight yeah based off of where you're flying out
1: of it's long yeah I actually flew in through LAX and I don't think I'm going to do that again but still it's It's a lot easier than like going to a much farther off school. Right.
0: So how did Penn become number one over Harvard?
1: Okay. So actually when I visited Penn, I visited Penn, I think three times. In the first two, I really did not like it. Like it didn't seem happy. It was in the city. We stayed. So the campus ends at like 40th Street. So it goes from about like 33rd Street to 40th. And we stayed on like 43rd Street. So it was not a very nice area. And it just didn't seem like that great of a place. But then when I came back, I started to see the better stuff in it. And I started looking at it from the mindset of like, oh, I'm actually gonna be here. And when you look at the alumni network, how prepared people are, but most importantly, the people I was able to talk to, I realized that if I went liberal arts to Harvard, I'd probably have to go back and get an MBA. And it wasn't actually what I wanted to study like the theoretical economics. I really wanted more practical things. And I saw two-thirds of Warden undergrads never go back to get their MBAs because they don't need mm-hmm. to. And it just seemed like that was the right thing for me.
0: And when did you make these visits?
1: So I visited Penn in uh, October of my senior year. And then I visited again in November. That's when I went back with DT okay. for homecoming weekend. And then after... And, <laughs> just you and him? Yeah, me and my dad. And he was okay. there. And then after I got in, I went back to like the visiting weekend. So there was Quaker Days on like April 17th, and then Visitas, which was Harvard's visiting, on like two days before decisions were due, so like the end of April. So you
0: made that trip the same time?
1: I w- no, it Penn was like bo- 10 days in okay. between them. Yeah. Okay.
0: And then that's when you said, this is it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, a, it's interesting how you said that, Josh, because I tell every student or, or parent listeners, it, that they should visit the campus more than once and not on a game day weekend. Yeah, yeah. Right? And they should go visit it maybe like on a Tuesday or Wednesday when there's nothing Whenever it's going When in the on, library and nothing's happening. Right? Yeah. And you can't just go off of one visit, two visits. Oh, definitely. So can you... What do you tell my students or what do you tell the listeners out there when they're going through that process?
1: Yeah, in terms of visiting? Yes. Okay. Making I,
0: that selection.
1: Yeah, so I think it's really there's a few things you have to consider. One would be if you could actually see yourself at that school. Two is you kind of have to remove yourself from like the name brand, like the hype and think, does this school have courses of study that are going to like interest me and challenge me? Do they have programs where I'm going to be excited on a Wednesday night when I should be maybe studying for tests or relaxing and I'm going to want to go to this talk or want to listen to this lecture. And also it's kind of like the people you meet there. Because at the end of the day, you're going to be spending so much time with people. Honestly, maybe too much time, especially if you're in like a big crowded dorm. So you really have to analyze like, are these the people not only I'm going to spend the next four years of my life with, but when I go get a job and when I go work, and then I'm going to be in touch with these people for the rest of my life. So you kind of just have to look into the future. Because no matter what school you're going to, there's kind of like a different version of yourself that might come out and you have to understand which one do you want to actually be
0: you hit it right on the dot because my daughter that went to washington we visited that campus i think four times okay yeah and i said um the last time we visited i said can you see yourself here just walk i don't care just go walk on campus by yourself while you sit in the student union (laughs) what impact are you going to make yeah what where do you see yourself and now she's back for the break. She's It was between Washington and Northeastern. Okay. And we kind of wanted her to go to Northeastern because okay. of the co-op. And yeah. I just thought, I thought about alumni, network, career, job. And she said, this was the best decision I ever made. Okay. Right. So obviously that's, it, it, it all works out at the end of the day. Definitely. And then what I always tell my listeners is it's your kid's journey, not Your parents, not Mr. and Ms. Cheadle. So let's transition into, you have three older brothers, right? How were your parents? Were they, did they put pressure or stress on you? Uh, You're obviously the fourth one. The first pancake was already messed up, right? You're the perfect pancake. (laughs) I don't
1: know about that one.
0: (laughs) So walk me through, did they leave you alone or? or...
1: Not at all. Uh, But actually quickly, (laughs) if anyone wants to see something on that, they should look at Emmett Smith's son. He committed to Stanford over Florida Gators, and there's this video that's gone viral, his response to that. So I think that's—obviously, there's so many factors at play in terms of who's paying for the college and everything that el- else is going on, but I think parents would get a lot out of watching Emmett Smith's response. Uh, I don't think my parents have forgiven me for not going to Harvard even to this day. Really? Okay,
0: yeah. let's talk about that. Yeah. Why?
1: Uh well, when they visited Penn, they didn't like it. My mom thought it was in a bad location. My dad thought there was too much Greek life, like not enough studying going on. My mom loved Boston, and I think they wanted to visit. And they just didn't think that Wharton was like a good place for me. So they, yeah, they were not too excited about it.
0: So now you're home for the break. Are, are they still kind of bitter?
1: A, a little bit, yeah. I make jokes about Boston and things like that. Like when they actually visited... uh there's the this hotel called the Inn at Penn, and it's right across the street from Penn, And they visited for like a night to come have dinner with me. So like I actually called the hotel ahead of time, and I had like a plate of cookies set out that said like "Welcome to Cambridge" on the bottom of that, just to like mess with them. Uh, I like you, Josh. Yeah, yeah. Just to have some fun. But uh, like obviously, I don't know. They probably would have rather it would have been Harvard even now. But they see that I'm doing well at Penn and that I really love it, so they're fine with that.
0: At the end of the day, it should be because it's what you want, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Not what they yeah. want, and I love it because you're Old. it's Ivy League. The courage did, yeah. was that a hard decision for you to make?
1: Yeah. So well, one actually, two to give them credit. Like after when I told my dad, he was like, "Yeah, like it's your decision. Like we're happy for you." Yeah, it was hard to make. Uh, like I know everyone. At, I'm pretty sure everyone I went to school with didn't expect I would do that and like different counselors and stuff. So, we have like when May first rolls around, everyone kind of wears their college shirt to school that day. Okay. And I remember my first block was AP Gov, and I like I came in wearing like my Wharton sweatshirt, and like quite a few people were surprised about that. One, second yeah. take, second yeah, yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. They were like, "Oh, like we didn't think you'd go there." And I was like, "Okay."
0: Did it feel Josh like signing day where you had the Harvard hat and the Penn hat <laughs> and? oh, psych, I'm gonna, put the, I'm gonna put the pen hat on.
1: And I could have made one of those like highlight videos and yes. you make your decision. Yeah. I actually saw a funny video like that. It was like a, a student did like an academic one of those and it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, and like you get all the gear and stuff and like in the few months up, you get to wear all the different uh, college shirts. So it was cool to kind of like get all the different U Penn merch, all the hats, the shirts, the sweatshirts.
0: Is your mom and dad buying it now? Do they have like the the cups, the mugs? No. You should just get them Harvard <laughs> stuff for Christmas. For yeah.
1: <laughs> I already got them Harvard mom and dad shirts. So. <laughs> Classic.
0: Yeah. And so the big takeaway, right? Why don't you tell the parents out there what the big takeaway is?
1: I, I think the big takeaway is obviously there's a lot of factors at play. But at the end of the day, I think it's your kid's journey. And I think the best thing, I don't think parents are ever going to change their kid's minds. If anything, my parents telling me what to do makes me want to do the opposite. So I think the best course of action is to always just tell them you support them, that it's their decision, that you're just really excited to see what they do.
0: And students, what would you tell the students? Because some are maybe fearful. We had the Baylor right? We had uh, the Baylor guest who transferred and she said, the only reason why I went here is because my dad kept on, he he used to paint like the room green and yellow and and, like really sell Baylor. He didn't even go to Baylor. He went to Chapman. Now she's (laughs) she's at Chapman. Um, But kids that might be fearful or, you know, letting their parents down, what would you tell them?
1: I think one, it's important to be like honest and upfront and have those conversations with your parents so that it's not like this like conceited effort and no one really knows what's going on. But I think at the end of the day, the best thing you can do is make the best decision for yourself and go to the place where you think you're going to be the happiest. I
0: love it. I mean, what you're hitting on is what we try to preach. And, and that's why this podcast is for students and for parents yeah, and helping them through that research and process. Right. So your dad said, Oh, I think there's too much Greek life. Let's get into that. How is the Greek life fraternity sororities?
1: Yeah. So there's, A lot of Greek life. I don't know the exact number. I believe 30% of people are involved. And there's things going on every night. So whether it's like an actual party, whether there's like hosted events or just small kickbacks, uh, the rush process happens in the spring. So I believe it's like a one-week rush process, the first week uh, for freshman guys or sophomore guys. And they just have open events. You kind of go to them. If you get invited back, you see which fraternity guys you get along with who you've met most likely in the first semester and then the girls the rush process i don't quite understand they go back for like two or three days early and they just go to like every sorority like the first day and then they get cut from a few and then the second day they go to a few more and then at the end they kind of get their bids and start the pledge process
0: and the sororities are in the spring as well
1: yeah they're both in the spring
0: so what you all all highlight level it because my daughter uh, is in a sorority at University of Washington and okay. at the beginning of the year. So you start, right? You go visit all the houses. Yeah. They drop you, you drop them. At the end of the day, it's like a little pyramid funnel. Yeah, yeah. And it does work out, right? Um, there are some benefits of, I think, fraternities and sororities rushing in the fall as yeah. compared to spring. It seems like pens in the spring because yeah. you do meet yeah. you, you know your peers I, and your friends. Yeah. Um, and fraternities are different. Yeah. Uh, of And it's kind of open throughout the whole... Definitely.
1: Hey, Josh. I, yeah, you I'll... can come on. Come by for lunch or come by yeah. or having a late night, things like that.
0: Do you plan to rush? No. Um, it's GDI. I always call them goddamn individuals. Yeah. Right. That's a great, great fraternity. But you have friends that are in...
1: Yeah, I have a few friends. And actually, some of my best friends that I've met through clubs, I've gone to different fraternity events with them throughout the first fall semester.
0: And... If I said, so there's no skin in the game, what what are some of the top fraternities on campus that you're aware of now that you've been there one quarter, one semester?
1: Yeah. I'm not very involved in Greek life, so I'm sure I'm probably going to butcher this, but some of the big fraternities are kind of like Fiji, uh, Sigma Chi, there's one called Castle, so, they're just like kind of like all on Locust Walk. It actually looks like a castle. Oh, really? Yeah, their okay. fraternity house is on Locust Walk. <laughs> it's right by the Love Sign. I believe the it Love is, Sign. Yeah, love I sign. love the Love Sign right yeah. there in Philadelphia. I think they're actually on, in the Transformers movie, I've heard, and they've been in like other photo shoots because their fraternity house is literally a castle.
0: So, it's funny how you said Sigma Chi and Fiji, those are uh, well known houses yeah. uh, nationwide. Yeah. Do, do you know anything about the? sororities any uh
1: one- the sororities the biggest ones tridel tridel and then delta 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 yeah there you go <laughs> and then i have a friend who's in uh Chi omega and then there's also sdt and some other ones
0: kyo that was kayla whalen who was my georgia
1: guest okay yeah. yeah
0: so all right so maybe not the greek life because it's not for everybody yeah what about clubs or activities what else are you involved in yeah
1: so that's actually a reason i'm not doing greek life is because they say it's about take... So the way credits work is we just get one credit for a course or a half credit. So we don't have like the four credits, three credits. So they basically say rushing is like having an additional one and a half classes, like the whole pledge process. And that didn't really seem appealing to me because I'm in all these different uh, activities. Some of them, the Warden Undergraduate Real Estate Club. okay So we actually plan treks and guest speakers. So that was my first time going to New York City. We met with a bunch of different developers, went to the top of like 157, saw Central Park Tower, uh, the Private Equity and Venture Capital Club. We bring a lot of guest speakers on campus and educate uh, club members about private equity venture capital. Another club I'm in is 180 Degrees Consulting. Okay. So we actually have consulting projects. I'm in a team with about six people. And we consulted for a startup called Beekeepers Naturals. It's kind of like a wellness-focused company from Canada. They just raised about $3 million. And we were kind of like doing different consulting projects about branding, about products, about marketing channels. And then, uh, gosh, there's one more. I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, and then Wittig, the Wharton Investment and Trading Group. So uh, I'm in the real estate team. So we every week we meet up. Uh, they do educational events. You kind of learn about modeling, about using Excel, about stock pitches, about valuing companies.
0: What you're in, I mean, that's a community in itself. Yeah,
1: definitely. That's one reason also I didn't rush is because they always talk about like, the brotherhood of fraternities. And I understand there's value to that. But I feel like I can meet all these different people, not only through like my dorm, through different clubs I'm in, through my classes to where... I felt like I didn't need to be in a fraternity to have a lot of close friends.
0: Uh, that's what I find up interesting about you. You you are very independent. I try to be, You yeah. can make your own decisions and not worry about what people think. Yeah, yeah. Right? And those clubs, I'm actually trying to tell my daughter, Sophia, besides the sorority and besides college, go do, there's clubs out there. Yeah. You know, go get involved.
1: And one thing that's really cool too is like all the different guest speakers Like we have the Zell-Lurie Real Estate Center. So one thing they do, it's called the Ballard Executive Luncheon Series. So they'll bring different real estate professionals in to have a lunch with MBAs and undergrads and people in the different schools. They get like catered lunches every few weeks. And it'll be like someone who's running like a $2 billion like private credit fund in like Europe or someone who does like distressed real estate investing in South America. So there's just so many cool opportunities to learn about things. Do you plan to do study abroad? I'm thinking so, yes. Okay. So
0: one of my favorite places when I went to Philadelphia, we are just talking about this last night. My daughters I was telling you about her friend Yan. Yeah. And she's, she's like, have you ever had a cheesesteak? And she's like, huh? <laughs> like, I love cheesesteaks. And I'll tell you two places I don't like. Yep. Pat's and Gino's, because those are like the trendy, most popular places. I heard D'Alessandro's
1: is the best. I've had been.
0: Okay. The one I liked, yeah. and it might be a track from the school, is Jim's. I think okay. It's, okay, so Gyms on the corner of South Street. I had to look it up again because I took a video of it, Yeah. but just, I always tell people, don't go to Pat's, don't go to Gino's. I'm like giving them bad props yeah. <laughs> because people that went to Princeton or from Philadelphia or Penn, they're like telling me, don't go there. I said, I don't want tourist place. I want like hole in the wall, good. Yeah. So I gyms. think that's what
1: Jerry actually told me too because she has- her, like, uh, I believe her father and her father-in-law and her husband, I think, are connected to the University of Pennsylvania. So she told me, I think Jim's was really good, too. It's it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: So what would be the last words of encouragement that you can give followers out there? You have an amazing story, by the way. It's uh, And I love interviewing. I, uh, for, by the way, for your story, it's a certain few of the followers and listeners, right? Not everybody's above that three yeah. in the ACT. I say, if you get start with three, that's a good thing. But then as you get higher, 31, 32, you open your doors. yeah. And that's why I think it's nice to have you on. But um, to, to give my audience something to take away from your whole experience, what would it be?
1: I think the most important thing to do is find activities that you're actually interested in. Uh, like in high school, I did a lot in terms of like public speaking, debate, things like that. And I felt like I didn't enjoy a lot of what I actually did. And in fact, I wasn't really happy in high school because I felt I was spread so thin in like sophomore, junior year. I'd be like, I don't really want to do this, but I feel like I should keep this on my resume for when I apply to colleges. But I think what's really important is to actually find activities, to find events, to find topics you're passionate about. And to dive really deep into them. And if you see something that other people are doing or you see something that you're not really interested in, to kind of like have the maturity and the independence and the ability to say like, no, I don't really want to get involved in that. And to just focus on what you enjoy.
0: And it looks like you've done that.
1: I'm trying, yes. Right? It's doing a, a great job of it. It's a daily battle. Though.
0: I'm going to put you on the spot here. So far, I have a great percentage, of batting average here. Okay. All right. This is gonna help you okay. when when you graduate, right? You want to take a bet on whether he get it? That'd be fun. What? What? Over under? No, you. Just, Over under. You you, Murph. I'm gonna say he gets it. Me okay. Too. Who's the president of U Penn?
1: The president, Amy Goodman. Nailed talking, it. Yeah. Talking about she's <laughs> big there. Yeah, we love Amy Goodman. Yeah, she uh, amazing. Yeah, right. I could just tell he was gonna know. <laughs> So you're an
0: investment banker. Who's one of the biggest alumni?
1: The biggest alum in investment banking? Our financial industry. Financial industry. Well, there's just so many. One, I I mean, in my generation or your parents' generation, right? Oof. I'd say probably John Gray is big. Is there someone else? Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Buffett. Oh, but he didn't graduate. Oh, they just, okay. No, yeah. Oh, see, he got me. No, yeah, he went to Columbia because... He read Benjamin Graham, The Intelligent Investor, and he never actually graduated from Penn. He went to Columbia to learn from you directly.
0: Better answer. Yeah.
1: <laughs> see,
0: I'm, I'm going to work
1: for Josh Cheadle. <laughs> we'll I want to work for you, Josh. One. Just remember who gave you
0: your first shot on the on my podcast, yeah. right? <laughs> I want to thank our executive producer, Murph Cargis, for running this podcast and our guest he's been great from sage hill formerly of sage hill in the newport beach area now at upenn having a great time making his own decisions (laughs) creating his own path his journey josh Cheadle, thank you for having us our executive sponsorship fonger news for the student manager i gotta say i'm out
1: (laughs) thank you